The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Welcome to the SWN Podcast. I am your host, Billy, as always, and I am joined this week by a, a veteran of the Scottish wrestling scene, the Lowland superstar himself, Glenn Dunbar. Welcome to the show. How you doing, sir? Alive and living colours, a great man used to say. How you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing very well, thank you for asking. Uh, before, I mentioned to you before I hit record, but I'm just going to give a pre-warning to everyone else. Uh, new camera. Doesn't seem to want to catch up to my voice. I think it's a Scottish thing. I don't know if some sort of xenophobia uh, regarding the camera and my voice. I don't know, but uh, so hopefully it'll still be in 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 what's the word? in sync. Uh, of course, I'm I'm Joy Fatone, uh, and then it'll all be. Good. I'm definitely just. Uh, I I say I'm Joy Fatone because it just says Joy Fat One, and that just makes me laugh more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> my wife hates that joke, but I, I still like it, and I will right. say it to the day I die. Uh, it's been seven years she's put up with that one. Uh, right, it's, all, it's over with me. That's all you have to care about. Exactly. All uh, right. So first question is always the same: How did you get into pro wrestling? What got you hooked? How did I get into pro wrestling? Right. So, <laughs> um, way back in the day. When I was at uni, I met up with uh, Eric Canyon. Outside of wrestling, I didn't know he, I didn't know he had any connection to wrestling at the time. Um, and we watched, we were just wrestling fans to him. Um, and at some point, he started doing the camps. He was working in Butland shows. And we saw pictures, ah, haha, that guy doing the wrestling, that's funny. And he went, he got booked to referee a show in Linwood for Scottish Championship Wrestling. This was 2003. And where his mates would go along, take a piss out of him, have a laugh at have a laugh at him. Because we'd, ne- we'd never actually seen him do anything live in wrestling. So we thought it'd be fun to go along and have a laugh. And at that show, they were, they'd announced they were starting a training school. And as usual, say, ah, again, we'll have a laugh with this thing. You know, we'll go along, take a couple of bumps, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And that was 15 years ago. <laughs> in fact... We're going 17 years ago now. So, so one of those things where, where you saw him do it and think, ah, I could probably do that myself, actually. It doesn't look, it doesn't look that hard. We're thinking, ah, if, you, if Eddie could do it, then surely. Well, let's yeah, see. It's like I'd been a fan since the mid 80s. I, I moved to America in 1985 and started watching Superstars on syndicated TV. And you watch it and say, oh, it's a bit, it looks a bit of fun. Uh, but I, that's not for me. It's something I'll never do. And then you go along, you get the opportunity to actually do it, and you go along and have a. So I know this. This is so, this is sort of fun, but uh, like I'm not as good as him. I'm not like um, yeah, I, it's a good. It's good for a laugh once a week to to do this training lark. And then uh, one one session, you'll just turn up and it clicked. Like, oh, this is what wrestling is. Oh, I kind of like this. Oh, I could get into this. And uh, that, that, that was a long, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, as we say. I know, was, was that now? Uh, I mean, I don't want to, to age you terribly, but I'll be 18 uh, sorry, years. I'm, I, I age myself. I'm <laughs> happy to admit that I, I'm 43 years young. Still 20, still 21 mentally. <laughs> uh, but no, so 18 years ago then started. But, but we'll go back right to the start then. You said you watched uh, on Syndicate TV. Um, that was kind of in, in America. What was your first, like... 
who are your first favourites? Uh, what, what do you remember? Uh, so I I'd been watching I'd been watching Superstars, and I remember I got a tape when it used to be in the big purple boxes with the big double tapes, double VHS tapes of Mania Three, because I hadn't ever seen any pay per views. I just watched the occasional TV show, and Hulk Hogan fan straight from the start. Hulkamaniac had the foam finger, had the, had the Hulk Hogan workout set of all things, with a lovely tape of Hulk Hogan shouting uh, inspirational messages at you for half an hour. <laughs> Possibly the, the great the greatest wrestling present and wrestling match that's ever been designed ever. Um, so I straight became Hulk Hogan fan. Then Brett came along, and instantly became a Bret Hart fan. Uh, I, Brett I was the first main event I ever saw was. Uh, a twenty-man battle royal in Hamilton, Ontario, and it was uh, Brett that won that. I thought, oh, Brett, hey. I was going to say you couldn't have picked a, two more opposite wrestlers to, to, to be fans of. Uh, well, and, uh, it, it, it was more a style thing because uh, like, we didn't get any other sort of wrestling. Even though in, in the mid eighties you had the WWE and ESPN, you had WCW. We only saw WWF, so. There's two peas in a pod. It's the WWF machine. It's the, the aura of the show. That's what that's what attracted me to it, because it was it was bright colours. It was superheroes. It was good and evil. It was it it was just the whole. It's so proper for guys that I call it. That's what oh, pro yeah. wrestling is essentially. Um, absolutely, yeah. That's yeah, what that, drew me to it. That that's that's it. Yeah, it's just it's just I I, I call it, I, I think I I say it worse when I say it's like it's panto. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, it's very core. It is, it is absolutely just pure pantomime. Like w- when I was a kid, I do remember very early on. So when I was like three or four, watching motorsport and watching guys like McManus and Jim Brakes and uh, Tally Hokey, just and it's just pure pantomime. And watch, and then when I got older, watching guys like Les Kellett, who was just pure British pantomime wrestling. Uh, that's what it is essentially at the score and there's no reason to be ashamed of that fact that's what it is it's, it's entertainment that's, I oh, mean, aye, pure and simple it's, 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 the, it's the, the dirty words uh, sports entertainment but you can't you can't describe wrestling any better than sports entertainment that is it at its core mm-hmm. the end absolutely uh, right so uh, you started your training because you saw it can you do it uh, what were your first? Yep. You said it, it took you a couple of sessions to, for it to click, but what were your first thoughts? Was it the first bump going, uh, <laughs> Oh, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Uh, that happened in my absolutely very first session. Um, we, we, uh, it was on, um, it was in Clyde Bank, in in the playroom. We'd had, we didn't, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't in a ring. It was crash mats, exercise mats, and me not knowing, having a clue what I was doing. Um, somebody gave me a DDT on a crash mat, and I took my head, took my head instead of taking it flat, and nearly knocked myself out on the very first session I was in. <laughs> so, so I took my first head drop on the first session, and I kind can of learned quickly that oh, okay, might want to brush up on those uh, sort of survival skills there. Devlin. There's a time uh, yeah. and place to tuck, and the DDT is not one of them. <laughs> well, no, no. Uh, but uh, but uh, getting it out of the way in your first session, if you get the, if you get the first one out of the way, then it's all plain sailing after that. Oh yeah, I mean just one one concussion in, it's all good. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't, let's not go, let's not go there. 
<laughs> my concussion numbers are worse than NHL hockey players, I think, at this point. Uh, how long was it before you, you... Well, actually, who was in your first class then? You said you, you were out with a couple of mates uh, other than... Uh, let's who, see. Do you remember? People who were in my first class. Um, CJ Hunter would have been in my first class. Uh, he was. He, I think he was already trained. I think he started training before I did, and I, I was. I was mates with him as well before. Before I got into wrestling, um, so from the old SWA days, they had guys like Aiden Corrigan. Uh, who else would have been there? Falcon. No, Falcon came a few weeks after I did. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of names now. Uh, Micken would have been there at that point. Uh, conscience would have been there, sort of with Adam Shane would have been there as well, or, uh, or the coach as as we now know. I remember CJ Hunter though. I think I've only ever seen him wrestle once, and it was again it was uh, against Taylor Bryden uh, for W3L. So this is many years after he would have started. Uh, Twenty twelve, I think it would have been the song. Um, and at the time, I don't think I appreciated it because when I went back to watch it, because WCL put up all their, like, all their matches from that show that I went to, and I was like, how did I not remember this match? Because it was just, it was so good. It was just unbelievable. Uh, I, I always loved watching CJ. Like, he just took to it like a duck to water. I just had, he, it reminded me a lot of Christian in that style, very much. Um, so like a more agile version of Christian, Christian, because he did he did a lot of lucha spots. Um, but always like every match I ever saw CJ work, always loved. Um, there was a match. Who was? It? We worked a show for for Mike in Elgin back in twenty thirteen. I'm gonna say, and um, we all got booked to the foreigners. <laughs> Because it was it was totally outside Mike's catchment area, so he booked Taylor was booked as the ninja. <laughs> I had to work as a Russian. Oh no, sorry, CJ was the Russian. I was a Bulgarian. <laughs> whoa, hang so, on. Yeah. whoa, 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 whoa! Right, okay. I've got because I I would have went to that show if it was Elgin twenty thirteen. Uh, I don't remember a Russian, but I always remember the Baker. <laughs> so so so. No, well, unfortunately, I never got to do the full Baker gimmick because they forgot the hat. <laughs> So I, I had to kind of do a fake Bulgarian accent was this, which is bad enough. And uh, somehow I pulled it off. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I'm going to have to go back because I, I, I def- if it was 2013, I definitely went to it. And yeah, I'm going to have to find, find the results for it. The, 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 the semi-main had Invincible in, in it. Oh, uh, no, it was, must be pre-2012 then. I think they were on 2011. And I didn't know twenty eleven at that point. I've, I've been dropping my head way too many times today, just fall on my head. I can't even remember what I had for dinner last night. So <laughs> Neither do I, and I haven't been dropped in my head. So that's it's not wearing at all. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it must have must be that because yeah, after twenty twelve oh, it, it was it was the ba- the baker was every year and I like to play I mean, I don't want to spoil any, anything for anyone who, who watches or listens to this, but pretty much I like to play a game of who's the baker because it's generally the person, if, if it's the main event, it's the one person that's not in the main event that was on the show earlier. And uh, so I think one year yeah. I was I was determined it was Dickie Divers and it's 
it's yeah, it's it's my only oh. fun game. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's your scoop. I've I've, I've outed myself <laughs> for for one for one night only. I was I was the Bulgarian baker. Well, I th- I don't think they even used the baker because they forgot the hat. I think it was the beast from Bulgaria. I think I'd, I stole uh, Miro's gimmick ten years before he did. I've actually got. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the baker is going to come back anytime soon because I have one of the baker's hats. <laughs> Because it was my oh, birthday, yeah. <laughs> the show. and I, I got because I went on about the baker for years. I got a signed hat from the Bulgarian baker. <laughs> right, it was the best day ever. But, but it's the <laughs> one only time my wife went to W3L shows, and I don't. She couldn't go back after that because she was with the guy who got a loaf of bread and, with candles in it and a, and a baker's hat. She's <laughs> like, I can't make one again. I can't sit next to you. <laughs> right. That's it. Um, so I've got your your debut uh, in twenty fourteen, two thousand and four. It was a handicap match according to the Germans at cage match. Uh, it was yourself and uh, Grant Dunbar, uh, mm-hmm. an unknown. Uh, versus, I don't know what happened. To him. Uh, versus Carl uh, Harker. Yes. Um, strictly strictly speaking, it wasn't my debut. I debuted in a battle royal. A couple of minutes earlier there's before that. There's always a battle royal. That's what I'm There's always, always a rumble. Um, I found out two days before I was I was in it, so I had no idea what I was going to do, so I turned up in a pair of jeans and a white t-shirt at Primark, because that's what you do in your debut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, only, the only sort of idea I had in my head, that I, I used Zero from Smashing Pumpkins. Because I wanted, I, I just watched uh, the Usual Suspects. And I wanted the whole Kaiser Soze thing. So, yeah. So the whole idea was you get more from the guy you don't, the guy you don't see is the guy you don't expect. Mm-hmm. So literally, I wore the most generic gear I could find for this for this uh, rumble. Uh, I hadn't, ta- I'd never taken a bump in a ring. <laughs> I literally bumped. Uh, my first bump was when I got into the ring for the rumble because we didn't have a ring at the time in training school. Um, I got in all house of fire. I was ready, full of beans, ran the ring, took a forearm, sat in the corner, and then I took a Van Terminator to the balls. All right. So <laughs> just replay back that sentence in your head. <laughs> I literally took a forearm, fell in the corner, was told not to move, and then a guy came <laughs> came off and Van terminated me in the balls. That was my intro to wrestling. And yet you went back. <laughs> and yet, and then two minutes later, I I took a super kick from Andy Hogg, which legend has it you can still find my teeth embedded in the floor of Greenwich Town Hall. <laughs> I was like, oh, so that's what that feels like. Ah, I also I also made the smart decision instead of you know just kind of jumping nicely off the apron I took a back bump off the apron of course it was it was a four and a half foot apron I did the ST plunge on my fu- um, <laughs> on my first night in wrestling <laughs> so so alright so just to break that down you, you've never bumped in a ring so I'm assuming you're, you've never ran ropes then uh, by that point no. uh, uh, yeah. uh, an hour an hour before the show <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, yeah, so. I don't mention it much. Which, which uh, isn't the most uh, flexible of material in the world, uh, oh. especially if it's from Primark. Yeah. <laughs> Hit the face, balls. Uh, that's, that's a, 
that shouldn't be the sentence, but hitting the face, hitting the balls, and then flat back. No, hitting the ball from a slingshot drop kick. You have to, like, it sounds much better when you say it like that. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I apologise. Yeah, a slingshot drop kick and then kick in the face and a four foot back bump. Yeah. Onto, onto, onto a hardwood floor. So your first match was this handicap match then? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, funnily, so, funnily enough, it was literally like a, week after, a week after that rumble that Lowlanders were born. <laughs> Um, so, so how did the, the, that team come together then? So it was just to throw them together, make up a name. What was what was the kind of deal with that? Uh, to be, uh, I'd, I'd like to say there was a there was a a, a long drawn out process of picking the right partner and thing like that. But we we were the same size and build together. We look we kind of looked like brothers. So um, we needed a Scottish tag team, and therefore the Lowlanders were born. <laughs> um, but probably the best thing that ever happened to me because I think the original game I had planned would have went, would have went south really really quickly and probably wouldn't have went anywhere. So probably the best thing that ever happened to me that I, I, I happened to be have a slight resemblance to our, our good man Grader at the time. Uh, well, you can't you can't leave us that tease. What was your original idea? Well, the whole original idea was to do was I kind of wanted I kind of wanted something along the lines of the Sean O'Hare gimmick. That they kind of panned the the whole. I wanted to be the guy in the background, who would just yeah. stir stir up rubbish, like have people doing promos and then just you, you know you know the bit in Willy Wonka, the original Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, when all the kids get the golden tickets and then Slugworth comes in and has a wee chat to them in the air. Right. Okay. That was yeah. that was kind of what I wanted. I wanted to be the guy who was like, you know, he doesn't mean that, right? And kind of stir up rubbish for other people, and then they would throw it back at me because they realised what I, I'd be up to. That was so, kind of that was kind of the genesis of the idea, but thankfully it never it never came to fruition because that would involve me cutting promos, and back then that wasn't that wasn't happening. It's it's a difficult thing to do, especially in wrestling, because on one hand you could be Sean O'Hare, who had this amazing like it didn't go anywhere, but he had these amazing promos, or you'd have just Joe. Uh we we, we no, I I, I can't uh, I can't say a bad word against, against not, not Joey Legend himself, but the character just Joe. Which was just, uh, oh, this guy said this in the locker room, and then there that guy gets beaten up. <laughs> so. Oh, no. but again, that's how, that's how the the good thing uh, the good thing about independent wrestling is you 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 get a bit more leeway to expand your characters somewhat because it's more for you to get for you to get over. You have to put the work in, and you don't because you don't have a corporate machine behind you, so you you can you you can flesh out your characters a bit more mm-hmm. than. You can maybe on a bigger stage because you're you're in a system, for lack of a better term. Uh, so it wasn't long after after the the, I mean you, you did say it's Grado, of course, is Grand yep. Bar. But it wasn't wasn't long before oh, no, yourself. I haven't broken the fourth wall there, have I? No, I was gonna I was gonna like make it a big thing later on, but it's fine. We're, we're all good. Everyone, I think everyone. Oh, okay, sorry. Right now. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have any plan to make it a big thing, but I thought it was going to be like a reveal. Let's grant the bar's greater. Um, so it wasn't long before you beat Adam Shame and Hatred for the SWA Tag Team Championships. Uh, again, I mean, I don't know. I ask, I ask folk now if they're a belt guy, if, if they like, if, if they're like, the belts are the coolest thing ever, or it's just a, a trust thing. What what was your opinion when when you were told you're going to go and? win these titles 
Uh, being being a younger guy and only being in for a year at that point, of course it's a big deal. And it's like, because at the end of the day, when you get into wrestling, the whole appeal of it is the glory of it. Well, for again, for lack of a better term, so when you when you find out that you're going to win a title, of course it's going to be it's, it's a nice ego boost for you. You're always going to say, "Oh, yay!" And even back and back then, when I was a younger guy, I, I thought it was a cool thing, especially from not really having a lot of faith in your ability at that point. Like as I had a couple of matches I thought was passable, but I know I had matches that were. I'm not allowed any swear words, but not great. <laughs> but it's, there... a, it's always a good. It's always a good vote of confidence that somebody believes in you that they'll put a title on you. Was there any any I don't know, not backlash, but because you you were you and Grado were, were so young a year in, uh, was there any thought these guys shouldn't? I mean, because the roster at that point. I mean, I was just looking through the results around about that time. You had your Adam Shane, you had your Conscious, you had your, uh, you had all these uh, sabotage, you had all these like big names at the time. Um, was, was there any like From, didn't deserve no, it? No, I felt good. the um, the good thing about the SW tag team division, especially when it first started, was there was a lot of outsiders. So it was like there was ourselves, there was uh, Gothica. There was um, oh, Soaring High, sorry, Falcon and Mickey, I couldn't remember the tag team name. Um, but most of the opponents were all outside talent, so it was never, and all this, the SWA teams were all young teams, so I don't think there was any sort of a backlash in terms of tag division, because like, all the names you mentioned were all heavyweight title contenders, so they, course, were, yeah. they were working the upper part of the card where we were all fighting over the tag team titles, and First half, man. So, so if anything, they probably preferred it. It's like keeping not, not keeping you down, but like keeping you in that division, and then they could just do what they they want in the but in the main event. It, it was a great learning experience because you were working, you were working outside talent on every show. So, and it was always something different. So, it would be like working I seventeen, working getting work against hatred, obviously getting Adam, who was a heavyweight title contender, getting to work against him. Uh, and at one point we worked with Johnny Moss, we worked uh, against a lot of 3CW, 3 Count Wrestling guys, so it was a great learning experience to work so many different styles so early on. Uh, and then, of course, I think we were two-time champions. Uh, uh, two-time two-time uh, two champions, second time we won off T2K. Oh, so, uh, Wolfgang and uh, yep. uh, Darkseid. Um, so I, was, after... I was actually watching the, the, the angle that set, that set up the first time, I was like, oh, the crowd are into this. <laughs> it's, like, it's like memory lane. I've been, I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of the, the old videos lately from back then. Like I've been collecting them all in a video archive that I taped a lot more. Not as much these days, but I taped a lot more stuff. I have a very valuable video archive of of really old SW shows that I'm trying to collate into some sort of collection. I mean, I suppose nowadays everything's. Generally, everything's recorded, so it's a bit easier for you to collect them. Because, uh, like, uh, when you work at Reckless or, or Respect, they're pretty much all, all recorded mm -hmm. now. Um, so, it wasn't long after that, I don't think, that uh, Gato, of course, took his extended break for however, mm -hmm. how long. Uh, so, you, you were now on your own. Um, was that a, a big 
did you find that was a big uh, learning experience? You're no longer the tag team guy. You had to go and be uh, Glenda Barr singles wrestler. It, it was um, it was a shock. It was a very much a shock because um, not that how do I put this? It's not a light on, but I, I like the way we and Grado work together because it, it, it used to get said that I would be the workhorse and he would be the the, the charisma. Because from day one, Grado's always just had it from and the the sports and the sports entertainment point of view and just being able to get a crowd into something where I don't think he I don't think he would regret me saying that I was probably the more technical of the, the two of us. So that I could I could carry the work and he could carry the the pizzazz. So I always, I always work great at the tag team. So once you remove one half of that equation, and it's all on you, it's definitely a a big learning curve that you have to overcome. And uh, it took me a while. I think you're, you're absolutely absolutely right. Because I'm sure when I must have things like wrestling daft, he, I think Rado has admitted himself. It's like I he had no business being in the ring, but thankfully. You were doing the work, and he was coming in to to g the crowd up, and then you did the work, <laughs> and then that was that was the dynamic. Uh, for... as, as you say, it's, it's pure panel. Like, oh. I, I'm trying. I was trying to think of a panel in my head that would. He like I'd probably be, be buttons, and he'd probably be the fairy godmother. He's probably the closest. <laughs> I just realised what what I just said there. Probably probably shouldn't have said it, but no. Thankfully, I don't have a Photoshop guy, so uh, and, and I'm not very well versed. I, I, I don't so. believe that for a second. I've seen I've seen some of your, your Twitter posts. Oh, oh no, I, I yeah, I, I'm I'm very surprised how far I've gotten without paying anyone to do my graphics. It's it's uh, incredible <laughs> this far. Um, so yeah, so you're striking out your own. When how long was it before you you'd, you were now the Lowland superstar? Uh, was that? Oh, that took a while. Um, so. I started, I went, so I stayed babyface for, I'm going to say a few years, I'm trying to think when, it would have been four years, I think, I think it's 2011, I turned heel, yeah, so, like, I, I, I'd only ever worked once at a heel, which was, um, the Lowlanders debut in Bell's Hill when when SRA's original show, the Lowlanders actually worked heel. And okay. yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Um and it was the only show we worked heel, I think. Oh no, we worked two so I tell I worked two shows heel. Um this got the, the good old boy Scottish tag team worked worked heel for the first two shows in SRA. That yeah. Um so I basically when I went out on my own, I had no clue what I was going to do. I thought, no, what, just try and stick to what's working and just be yourself and see if it, see if it goes anywhere. And I found it hard just being on my own because I didn't I didn't have at that point. I'm I'm very insular. I'm I'm a very insular person. I find it really hard to engage with people and engage with. Fan, so even as a baby face, I was like, mm, I know this isn't working, but I don't know any other way because I'd never worked heel. I'd even, I'd not, I hadn't even considered it in training. And then we ha I'd had to do it in one session, and this was like four years later, so this would have been mid 2010. I gave it a go. I thought, oh, okay, 
I might be able to do something with this. But it, it took a lot of convincing, and eventually, 2011, I I, fa- I found out one night that I was working here in the main event. So there wasn't a turn, there wasn't a big turn. I, just, I turned up one night and became the lone superstar. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't call myself a lone superstar at that point. I think it was Scotland's best kept secret at that point. And I eventually merged into the superstar. Once, once I started getting the jacket and started the persona, like, I think I, I turned up doing my best Drew Galloway impression because I turned up in a purple sh- uh, in a, just a purple shirt and tried to look like a corporate champ. And I thought, oh, no, that's me heel now. I'm, I'm, I'm dressing up nice. I must be, I must be heel now. <laughs> and it took a while. It took, it took about a year for me to actually get into the whole character th- side of it and actually get down being an asshole. Like, I, I know how to wrestle like a heel, but actually looking like a heel. That's two separate things to me. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I thought it would have been quicker because, like you say, when you said yourself, engaging with the crowd, speaking to the crowd, you said yourself that wasn't your, you're, you're the wrestler, like doing the wrestling bit, but the crowd bit. Nah. So, I mean, four years of, of, of doing that, that's. Again, I get. I, I'm very much a guy, if I'm having fun, it's fun. Like, I, I, I'm no, I'm not in this for glory. I'm not in this for the spotlight. I'm in this because I love wrestling. Because it's, it's just fun. Like, so I, I, I was talking to someone in, in my shoot work the other day, and they said, like, why do you do it? I said, well, some people jump off, jump off cliffs to get adrenaline rushes. I put on a headlock. That's basically how I see wrestling. It's just, it's just so much fun. It's it's just it's just it's just total silliness, and it didn't bother me at that point because I was happy being on the I was happy being on the card, and I was happy that I was putting in good performances. Like my my main claim to venom, something I've always been proud of, is that I can have a work, I can have a match with anyone. Like just give give me someone I can work with, and I'll get a match out of them. And I'm, and ninety nine times out of hundred, I think I've managed that. It's always been fun to, fun to do it, and I've always said that if this ever feels like work, I'll quit and I'll find something else to do with my life. And thankfully, we haven't hit that point yet. Um, but it got to the point where, as I said, sorry, this is a rant. This is just long winded. Um, I never got to do promos. I never attempted doing promos. I never even thought of doing any character work. I just came out, did my thing, back home. Everyone's happy. No, everyone ended up safe. And the first night I had to work heel. I had to do a, I had to do a promo in the opening segment. Never done a pro, I'd never done a promo in my life, but just being awful. That's all I had in my head. I had nothing planned, just being awful. Like I've, and I basically channeled my best, so my my best Ric Flair impression, and just and just did a promo. I thought, oh, I can do this. And I, I don't have to, it's not, I'm engaging with the crowd, but I'm not really engaging with the crowd. And I'm talking. I didn't, it's, it sounds a horrible thing to say, but I'm actually talking to people. This is weird. <laughs> but I like it. That, that's the, I mean, heel is, I, I mean, it's, I was going to say it's easier because it's easy to get people not to like you by just talking down to them or, or anything like that. Whereas, yeah, I, I can't imagine 
having to go out and trying to get a cheer. I mean, my my one my very brief spell doing any sort of shows, I got to be I was healed, so it was great. I, I just had to be an absolute dick. So so I was fantastic. I, I, I always I always the the best compliment I ever got, and I wish I could remember who it was is who said to me, but they compared me to Bob Eaton. Because they said, you know what, you can do the tag stuff. Now you've got to do the, the single stuff. And that I always hoped that my work would would carry me through. And I think it just got to the point where I thought, you know what, this this isn't working anymore. I need to change it up. And thankfully I got the opportunity for it and it made a massive difference. And I suppose it would be right about that time of 2011, that's when things were starting to go from um, the shows were just a couple shows a year and of course the, the Vice documentary came out and I think people were going to shows more uh, did, did, you, did you find there was a point from your memory that you, you saw the business go from like just a couple shows wasn't really a, a serious thing to being that kind of boom that happened 2011-2012 uh, time well like I I always I always think it's it's always been bubbling because when I like the first show I ever went to see, like the first Scottish show I ever went to see was in Lumwood, and I'm gonna say there was maybe a hundred people there if you're looking, and it was in a big sports centre, and the place just looked not empty, but they only they only sort of used like a quarter of the sports hall, and it it didn't look right, it didn't look it didn't feel like big time where the, in a year with SWA we were running belt we were running the Matt Busby and we were filling the entire hall and I thought oh this is this is different this is this is far removed from what I first witnessed and then we did the gathering and the first one that was two that was two thousand people I was like wow I was like you could you could see you could see it build up and build up and after that all of a sudden W3L was getting big. It was already there, but W3L was getting big. BCW was drawing big crowds and come on like every every show. And it just it, ever since I, I've started, I've got to see the rise of Scottish Rolling. I've got to see it take off from where it was. Because at the time when I started, all we had really was the tribute shows. Oh yeah. There wasn't like. <laughs> and then once you had BCW start, and then you had SCW and then SW start, we were off to the races. Uh, I mean. They were still around about. They were still around at that time. Was did you ever get an offer for for any of the tribute shows? Did did you? <laughs> no. no, thank no, thankfully. They started to die, not die out, but because I do remember once uh, we were doing wasn't the first gathering. It was uh, the battle zone, and I remember they were advertising for the Logan Center. And I, mem- and I remember it drew something like 1,300 people. <laughs> I was like, wow. For like Fake Undertaker and just it's a different time. It's a very different time and thankfully I've got to I've got to see the the good times and uh, the rise of Scottish wrestling because at the moment like it's hard it's hard to imagine a period in, in time ever where Scottish wrestling has not been Busy. I mean, you've got you've got represented Ring of Honor. You've got Nikki in WWE. You've got Kaylee. You've got Kaylee with the UK title. So like, 
it's got to be uh, we've got to be the most known ICW in the network. I mean, this has got to be the biggest time for Scottish wrestling at the moment, and unfortunately, the pandemic's hit. But thank, thankfully, we're almost out of it, and hopefully, we'll see it continue. Yeah, that is the weirdest thing because what there's five million people in Scotland, and at one point we had six champions of WWE, which was the the global brand, the global yeah. brand of sports entertainment, as they would say. Um, which yeah, r- ridiculous. It's, mm-hmm. It doesn't seem possible, and yet, and yet it has it has happened. Um, I believe in the accent. <laughs> I, I think apparently, apparently Americans are fascinated by Scottish accent. I know, and it, it, the thing is about Americans as well, they're fascinated by Scottish accent, but they, it scares them that there's so many within a very uh, small area. Because <laughs> my, mine's quite, I've got very, I, I think I've got quite a, like a soft accent, uh, but I'm, I'm like an hour up the road to Aberdeen, which is a nightmare uh, to, to hear anyone speak. And then Inverness is the other hour. And that's, again, a whole new world for words and uh and then you go down central belt absolutely insane like nobody speaks the same and yet americans are fascinated by the accent yeah and, I, and I, well the half of them you meet that they, they tell you about the scottish granny <laughs> that's insane. always the one <laughs> I, i'm sure it happened to me i, I was i was in, well not even america i was in canada uh, when i was 14 and someone came up to my mum because it was being heard about over, and she went, "Oh, do you know? Do you know my friend?" Uh, I said his name. Was like, oh, they live in Livingston. I lived in Rothes. That's a very fu- like I haven't even been to Livingston. I don't think I've ever, I don't really think I've ever went through Livingston. And I'm 30 now, and it's just no, wow. I don't know. <laughs> just you, you don't understand. I don't. I know Americans will go eight hours on a highway to get to anywhere, and. and not bat an eye, but I'm not going more than 90 minutes outside of my house if I can avoid it. I went and I went over to see family in Canada in 2007, I think it was, 2006 it was. And I went and went to a training school there. And I was, I was, I was teaching some because I'm British, so I was a technical wrestler. So I was, I was teaching them holds and I was explaining the psychology of it. And they were all looking like this. And I went through this whole thing about an about a wrist lock, and they went, "Cool, we didn't get a word of that." <laughs> Can you please slow down? I was like, "I'm not talking fast." But yeah, you are. <laughs> but they're just fascinated at how such a stream of consciousness can come out of a mouth at that speed, uh, and with that dialect. <laughs> so, so we'll, we'll move a little bit forward there. So, so Grand Bar, <laughs> he's gone. He's he's dead. yeah. I go on tangents. Uh, so it's absolutely fine. Uh, and then, of course, you're reunited in uh, SWA in 2015, the rebirth. You might have been reunited before. And again, I'm just I'm basing all my information from Germans. Uh, it was yourself versus Grado, SWA rebirth. For yourself, was this kind of like a like a like a pinnacle point? You started as the tag team, Ooh. and then this was you facing each other. I think you missed one out. I think you might have missed one. I'm trying. There would have been uh, the we tagged again one night only, in a a ten man tag in Motherwell. It was main event. It was uh, Adam Shame, Raging Bull, the Lowlanders, and 
Eric Canyon against Britain's Most Wanted, BT Gun. Oh, Falcon and Micken, I think. Or was Falcon on our side? Trying, trying to find it. Um, oh, Tim Bride, Hall, and Motherwell would have been. It would have been twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. Oh, hang on, I'm, I'm twenty eleven. That's probably not. That's not going to help, is it? No, uh, it, it was. <laughs> um, we. It was an old school versus new school ten man tag. I, I mean, I don't know why I'm still looking at. I, I, I'll, uh, I'll, sorry. I think you, you'll know <laughs> better than I do, so I'm taking your word for it. So, so you, you so, but we, we did that. So we it was oh, cool. We got we, we, we got to we, so we got to the Lowlanders greatest hits thing like that for one. But then we got because I'd been asking for bring him just bring him in, just bring him in. Come on. I wanted a return match. At one point, at one point, I even offered to drive to his house and bring him down, <laughs> bring him over, so we could get a match together, <laughs> which shockingly wasn't taken up by the promoter. Um, but uh, yeah, twenty fifteen, we finally we finally got a, we finally we finally got the the Dunbar versus the Dunbar match, uh, and <laughs> it was a good. I wish we would had a chance to promo it better because I, I had a whole string of promos that I'd I'd planned planned out for it, but unfortunately things took a, a different direction. But it was good to actually get that one match room because I, I always knew I could have a good match room. Like it was like that that. That would that was my that was my Ric Flair steamboat match. Just total me being a complete complete dick against the the Scottish version of Dusty Rhodes. That that would have been my that was my NWA title Clash of Champions in the cage match that I had I had in my head. Um, but, but, yeah, um, twenty fifteen was was his kind of I think I would hazard guess that was probably his like peak. That was when he was oh, everywhere I, in Scotland. He's there, and then the year after, well, uh, I mean, it's still a big deal. It wasn't it? Was on the New Year show. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, that, was it's, that was amazing. Like, uh, who would have thought in 2020 you would see a Scottish, you would see a Scottish wrestler on the Hogmanay show? <laughs> uh, uh, that blows my mind. Uh, yeah, totally uh, blows my mind. It, yeah, he's still. I mean, I, I put up the wee joke. Of course, the joy, the, the Battle Blanc jokes going around at the moment with him looking like your dad, and uh, it's it just it's a question that always comes up, and that's why I put the caption of. Oh, you like Scottish wrestling? Dino Grado, and it's it's still still true as it was twenty fifteen and it is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, this this, ep- this episode isn't the Grado show. So I think that, no, I think no. we can kind of draw the line. The bar show, I, like, I quite like. That. I, I prefer the Lone Superstar show. Thank you very much. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's caption here. <laughs> we'll go to. I said we'll jump in and out, go all around the place because I, I missed a very important note back in twenty twelve, uh, where you faced Johnny Kidd. Yes. One. So of course but, Johnny Kidd is is a very big name in British wrestling in general. Um, uh, what, did you? He uh, is the nicest man I've ever I've ever met in wrestling. Without a shadow of doubt, he's just the absolute gentleman. And uh, that that was I can't uh, uh, I can't even remember how that match came about. I I remember they they brought him in and I was I I'd, I'd done a tryout for zero one. To try and get my name out and try and work work Japan, and um, they brought him in for one shot, and, and they said, "Oh, that'll that that'll be a match," because I was still te- I was still doing the the I was only just getting started as a heel, so I was in twenty twelve. Did you say? Again, uh, yeah. But so I have not had so much fun in a wrestling match in a long, long time. It's uh, it's a guy who absolutely knows his craft 
down to a tee. I just, I just loved Johnny. It was such an amazing experience. Like, uh, we'd lock up, and he'd, he'd lean in and go, you're going to love this one, and then do some weird 25 reversal thing, and then I'd end up on the floor, and he'd be giggling. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to sell, but I can't. This is so much fun. I'm getting schooled by Johnny Kidd. <laughs> I mean, it must, must be just, I mean, it must be amazing to look at him who, who would have wrestled far longer at that point, thinking he's, he's still just absolutely just, Loving every second of this. Yeah, because I was like, I was, I was calling, I was calling spots. He's like, I'll do that, and I'll, I'll, I'll take it. So like, Johnny, you're like, you're like, at that point, I'm trying. It's like, you don't need to be doing this. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm here to put you over. I don't, I, don't, I have no issue with that. Just, just do, you, just have yourself. No, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, yes, sir. But yeah. no, absolute, absolute gentleman in the ring, and just absolutely knows his craft. Something that's uh, why he's had such a long career. Just uh, absolutely point. One of the best experiences I've had in wrestling. And then, of course, she ended up going over to Romania as well for uh, Tom Fulton's uh, RWA. So you've already mentioned my my, my, my second favorite man in wrestling outside Johnny Kidd. I, I still, I've already mentioned, uh, and I actually hasn't got out yet. But I, I love Tom Fulton's whole gimmick thing which is he's banned from the future but can only come back in time for one match and he can't change the future it's just I, I, I love every bit of it it's so uh, you, you left out you left out the bit that the, the only tapes of wrestling that this expert in the year 3000 are are all of 80s wrestling I see that's that's what sells the gimmick for me how <laughs> could I forget that <laughs> we, 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 we we managed to do uh, a 25 minute match once where the biggest spot was an axe handle. <laughs> I, I think I think we must have taken three bumps between us. But uh, the greatest match ever. I'd, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't know if, if one of your questions is the whole uh, who's your favourite opponent. It's, it's Tom. Probably, <laughs> it's by a yeah. mile. <laughs> uh, I mean, the other moment then I'll just bring up now is uh, one of the matches that I saw you in, which oh. was uh, I can't remember twenty. Got no refund. Fourteen. Um, possibly 2014. It was it was your, yourself versus Kevin Williams uh, in Dundee, Ardler Complex, and it was the bomb. The bomb finish. Yeah, whose idea? <laughs> I, I have I have to I have to tip my cap to Mr. Williams in that one. I I I I quite I, I'm always a big fan of passive potato spots. I always think I always think. Uh, especially from the Eddie Guerrero sort of chair spot, is just and who end, whoever ends up with it. And uh, to be honest, it was going to be a finish. It was going to be like anything else on the show. So I, 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 the only thing I added to it was I wanted I wanted the fake explosion spot because <laughs> we, we didn't have a way to finish it. Well, let me do the cow in the corner bit and <laughs> just roll me up. Yeah, that was the second one, I believe. The first, the first one was the the Nets controller spot. Oh, uh, is that? What, I, I, that I, I, ta- I tapped out to the V button. That was <laughs> wrestling's weird. <laughs> See, like to to the the viewers and listeners at home, you have to understand. This is why I love wrestling. <laughs> wrestling is silly, and these have questions you don't have to answer because wrestling is just silly, and that's the way it should be. And just accept it. 
exactly. But when you write down, uh, match ended when uh, Kim Williams threw up a bomb in the ring, and and <laughs> to be honest, half the reason I agreed to it was because I wanted Cage Match to write Kevin Williams defeated Glenn and Barvey a bomb because I can imagine what that would look like and how far <laughs> and how silly that would be. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, we, we didn't get to do it on the DDP show because I would love to feedback after that. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I remember that show. That was so much fun. That was so cool. It was just a weird. That, was, that was one of the most interesting shows I'd, I've ever, I'd ever seen. To and fair play to DDP. Watched every match. <laughs> I, well, they, he loved the, it. The, the show, the finish. Well, the, the rumble itself was just weird. There was uh, at some point. Uh, a guy dressed as a superhero, uh, Super Stevie. Uh, there was El Gimpo Loco, which, you know, that's just incredible. Uh, and yeah, then, Me and Tom Fulton on that show managed to pull pull off the... We we, call, we always call it the Tom Fulton spot. It's come in, duck, duck the line, take the hurricane rana off the ropes. He comes in the corner, I shoot, I shoot him over. He kicks me in the outside, does the axe handle back in. We managed to pull that off in about <laughs> in a rubble. <laughs> Six people in the ring. Uh, but I mean that, that show had a, a, yeah DDP was just was, so, so did you get any feedback from if you watched every match on the show did, did he no uh, unfortunately not because no, not because we were in the rumble unfortunately I, like, oh, I should have asked uh, so yeah no, um, what, 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 what he said was he said uh, uh, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take I think that's what you said this, this afternoon I think I'm going to try, try and contact him for, for a very tedious link. DDP, I've got you on the show, Scottish Wrestling Network, because you work <laughs> one show <laughs> once. You know, you, know, you know what? If you don't ask, you don't get. Exactly. I'm, I'm hoping I've got a bunch of emails that haven't been responded to yet. Fingers crossed, and we'll get some weird guests in, in the future. Um, anyway, sorry, we were speaking right. about RWA, uh, and then yes. we got sidetracked. Uh, so you, you said that you had issues with Canadians. Who's Who's... Language is primarily English, well, French, you know, some places. What was it, did you take any training at, at RWA? And how was that for a language barrier? Or was you just there to actually just wrestle on the show? Well, the the first show that we did um, for RWA, um, th- three days before, before we were supposed to leave, I, I tore all the ligaments in my ankle. Uh, I, was supposed to, I was supposed to wrestle Tom in the show, and I tore through all the ligaments in my ankle in training. So I flew to Rome. I flew to Romania with a very, very large ankle, and uh, so I had to cut a promo in English to Romanian fans. Like, okay, how am I going to do this? I'm thinking, just talk, just be yourself. And so you know, the whole thing is you enunciate. Which I know I've not done a lot of so far on this, <laughs> on this podcast, but I'm trying hard. <laughs> but. Um, most of the time, there are a lot of people who do speak speak a lot of English there. So even though it was a, a very foreign country, the language barrier wasn't as bad. And if there was something complex I had to get over, then there was always someone who could translate it and sort of feed it, feed it in. It's, people will have more issues with my speech when it's the same language <laughs> than someone else's. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, um, I did. I did get a chance to do do some training because at that point I had started taking training for SWA. I was doing a lot. I'd started doing some of the big hour classes at that point, so I got to do a few training sessions with the Romanian wrestlers, and that was good fun. It was 
because I was still new to doing the training thing at that point, it was it it was a good learning experience to try and take what I knew and relay it again to someone completely in our language who didn't really have any idea of what I'd done beforehand. If you know what I mean. Um, I mean your your record for for like championships. I mean we we haven't even got to your second uh, go as a tag team, uh, which I think everyone everyone's a big fan of, of Alex Cavanaugh. So they'd be disappointed if I don't mention him. But uh, even outside oh, of that, you, 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 you missed a classic. You missed a classic chance for a pun there. Uh, I was going to say that everyone course, forgot. Okay, I'll get it. Everyone I'll get forgot it. my second tag team. No, 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 you know, no, no. I just, I just shush, threw it out. Shush, you didn't say that. You didn't say that. Um, so, Tim, so I said that. You had, you, had uh, you were SWAT division champion, Laird of the Ring, uh, yep. Pride Wrestling champion. And then outside of that, of course, you were uh, undisputed champion in Keith Ness. Uh, you I probably a you reckless, <laughs> 10, reckless 10 champion as well. Um, respect. Respect champion. Just remember that. No, uh, I nope, I haven't won. SWA Junior Heavyweight. That's why I've written it down. SWA Junior Heavyweight. So, yeah. so you, you've you've really lived up to the Lowland Superstar name, collecting all these belts everywhere mm-hmm. you go. Um, but yes, I, I I'd almost forgotten uh, your team with Alex Kavanagh uh, as, of course, the forgotten. So uh, going from, of course, my, my, team, my own personal Jimmy Del Rey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The sheer thought of that in my brain has has hurt my feelings. Uh, but so so you went from tag team to singles back to tag team. So what was it like trying to get that that uh, dynamic back? This is gonna sound like a total insult. I don't mean that way, but like unlike the Lowlanders, where like we weren't thrown together, but it wasn't we we weren't two guys that hung out together very much. Whereas me and Cav were very were. We had exactly the same ideas of what wrestling was, and we loved the same. So, as I say, he's my personal Jimmy Del Rey, which makes me Dr. Tom, which I don't know. Uh, to be fair, yeah, I've got the body for it. <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're just of the same, that 80s, 90s mindset where we both loved demolition, we both loved those night, very early 80s, early 90s WF tag teams and how So, it just clicked like that. It's like, we we didn't really have to like we didn't have to do a lot of work on the gimmick. Just let's just be two guys who are assholes who just like eighties tag teams. <laughs> let's just do as many eighties tag team spots as we can think of. Um, uh, all I've got in my head right now is uh, is Carl doing the Jiggle Del Rey uh, uh, wiggle. Which yep, yep. That's that's a vision I'm not going to be able to get in my head anytime soon. Uh, so There's so plenty of time to train, so I'm, I'm used to. <laughs> and see, it, it, it's uh, what's it's what's what what you get desensitized to it after a while. I mean, you've had plenty of experience seeing it. This is just the first time it's going into my head. It's just mm. uh, yeah, that's my that's my nightmare. Enjoy it. Just, yeah. just let it rattle around in there for a while, and then just expunge it however you need to. Um, so we'll move to 2016. We'll probably end up skipping <laughs> back and forth because I, every time I'm going to mention calf now, that's that's my brain fried. Um, Dundee 2016. Hell for Lycra, probably. Uh, you were against Colt Cabana. So, another... Another personal highlight. Another pretty big name. So, you've already faced the likes of uh, Johnny Moss, like you said, Johnny Kidd, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Coffey, all the Jays. So, you're now in the ring with, with Colt Cabana. Uh, how, how, what, was your, what was your thoughts and feelings when you were told you were getting this match? And uh, how did it go on the day? 
um, well, you talk about Johnny Kidd. Uh, when I found out I was going to wrestle Colt, uh, I, I got a little bit excited because I'd watched I'd watched a random match between Johnny and Colt when Colt did his first European tour, and it was this it, it was a British rounds match, and it was it was just utter glory just watching these two guys just exchanging British holds and I was like, oh, I can't wait to do this. This is going to be so much fun. And it was just, he's so easy to plan a match with because Colt has his spots. He knows his spots. It's like, it's like end of the day, I'm coming, I'm coming in to do, do the business. You do, you, you, you do your stuff and everyone's going to go home happy. So like I had no, Trying, what's the word I'm looking for here? I was under no delusion to grandeur what 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 the the business of the match was. So I was ha- I was happy to be in the ring with someone who is an international star and he's working he's working in AEW. He's he's worked all over the world. Um, it was just such a great experience to be able to have that opportunity because you don't get opportunities like that very often, or at least I don't get opportunities like that. So to be able to get in the ring with someone and see how something like that works. In front of a big crowd, it's such a great learning, learning experience, and it helped. The more the the biggest thing I learned from that match is how to pace the match because I had a million ideas I wanted to do, and about two minutes in, I think we don't need to do any of this. Like we've we've got them, why bother? Let's, let's like let's just keep them while they're hot and just do the spots that we need to. Like he's very good at working on the fly and he's very good at. Working a match to the crowd instead of coming with your match, and just I, I've 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 planned this. This is what we're doing, and that was the biggest thing I took away from it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, it, it's 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 one of those things. Like we'll go back to the old Panto sports entertainment, all that kind of thing, soap opera. If you can get the crowd to go nuts with doing like as little as possible, then you've done your job. I I'll I'll, I'll, I'll... I know, segue, sorry. Sorry. But uh, I think it was the second match I worked for SWE in Dundee. I worked a match against Jam O'Malley. It was the second match on the show. And we worked 12 minutes and we took a combined total of zero bumps. And the, fin- the finish was a body slam with my feet on the ropes. And I had people chasing me out of the hall. <laughs> That's pro wrestling to me. Like, it's not about it's it's not about the action. Like I, I, I could have a match that has a million spots in it, but if the crowd are sitting on their hands that it wasn't a good match. If I, if I can get if I can get people chasing me out of a hole when doing nothing, that's that's my that's my my bar I set for my for my performance. If the crowd like it, I like I like it. Uh, yeah, right. that, with the match with Cole, like right from the as soon as we started, the crowd were for it. So I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be easy," and I like easy nights. I mean, I mean, wrestling in general, it's 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 uh, it's reaction over action. So as long as, long as you got them uh, making oh, yeah. the noise, then that's that's all good. Um, so yeah, from that point onwards, I've just sort of basic stuff now. So you're. Yeah, you seem to. I'll go to the fan questions because I've got loads of them, so we'll get through them. Uh, but you seem to be uh, a lot, of, a lot of wrestlers from like Source, and, and that you seem to be the, the guy that 
takes them through their first match now, uh, whether it whether it's. Uh, I, I used to pride myself. That was the only politicking that I, would, I said I've ever, ever done in wrestling. Is I've tried, I've tried to make people to to make people's debuts, just because I find I find it fun. But uh, that's like, that kind of why I had to get you on because by that point I'd done that many interviews with folk from Source, and they always said, "Oh, uh, Glenda Barr had my first match," or "Or uh, when when I was about to have my first match, Glenda Barr would come past and go, Are you nervous? Yes, good.'" <laughs> then walk away. So I I I I always I always took it as a sign and trust in me. I've I've always prided myself in being that mechanic of being the guy who you can have a match with everyone. So whoever it whatever it is and whatever gimmick, if that's their debut, ah stick them in the bar. You'll get a match with them. Which all, which uh, if that's the, the epitaph for my career, I'm more than happy with. They say that I, I was I like to consider myself that my skeleton key. They can fit me in with anyone. Uh, if, that, if that's what people take away from it, I'm more than happy with that. Uh, so we'll get back to wrestling in a moment. We'll go to the, the questions. Like I said, I got absolutely loads. I, I it's just some I will have very strong opinions about when we get to them. But we'll okay. just start right from the top and work our way down. So uh, we've got Space King Mikey, uh, Marlon. Uh, yep. really. He just put three desert island games. And PS Sunset Riders better be in there. Yeah, um, uh, I I thought I was the biggest fan of arcade games until I, until I met Manlin. Uh, we there there has been quite a few nights where we've been sat up playing ridiculously old arcade games. Um, Sunset Riders is my number one. I will say that. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what Sunset Riders is, it came out. Uh, I'm going to say very early nineties. It's um it's basically Streets of Rage. But in the Wild West, it's probably the best way I could put it to anyone who's played. I just I just played Streets of Rage four last night, so it felt it felt very Sunset Riders when I played it. It's it's just the most ridiculous over the top beat 'em up you will ever play. There's every Western trope ever put on on film done in this game. It's just tremendous, and it's just ridiculously good fun. Um, number two would be Skyrim. Which okay. I can hear Manlin from, from half a world away shouting shout obscenities at me. But the best open world game that's ever been made. That's, that's just a fact. Although, I have to say, I'm only halfway through The Witcher 3, so any Witcher fans, I apologise. But I haven't finished the game yet. Um, and number three, ooh, Gotta be WrestleFest. In terms of the arcade games, definitely the best arcade game. No, no disrespect to the Royal Rumble, but WrestleFest is still the king of arcade games. Although WrestleMania Wrestling's close, I did get a shot at WrestleMania Wrestling the other day, and it's as close to WrestleFest as you could get. It's very well done. I'm, I'm keep. I'm gonna wait until because I'm, I'm very bad for committing to games if they're like full price, so I think I'm going to wait until they have maybe a, a sale and then pick up right Romania Wrestling. I, I, I'm awful. I, I have a rule that I won't spend any more than 15 quid on a game. Yeah, pretty much. I, my, uh, Skyrim, Skyrim is the only one I bought. I paid full price for. But like, I just bought um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey on the Epic sale because it's down to 15 quid. <laughs> and I've been wanting to play it for ages, but I bought it. But it's, it's hit my limit. I'm good. I'm now waiting for No Man's Sky to get down there as well, so I can play it in VR on the P- PS4. But... 
but no, I'm pretty much the same. Uh, usually it's about a tenner because I don't I don't play enough games to commit to that amount, anything more than a tenner. Because usually my PS4 is just a very expensive Blu-ray player. Uh, that's uh, pretty much it now. And streaming device, even though the WWE Network doesn't work on it really well. Uh, at the moment, I, I'm obsessed with Subnautica. Uh, I picked the, it up in the in the uh, was it Days of Play? Thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just absolutely obsessed with it. <laughs> I've, I've, put, I've put in 30 hours over the last week. <laughs> it's just, it's so well done for, it. for, a, for a game. I'm too impatient because every time I go into it, I think, oh, I'll, play a, I'll, I'll try and play this. I haven't no. played it yet and it just loads up. I'm like, I can't bother now. I'm just I've, I've, I've re-downloaded Fortnite recently and I still don't get it, but I'm, I'm trying. That's <laughs> pretty much how the stage there, I'm at. There was a period a couple of years ago where I was out of a job and all I did was play Fortnite all day. And it's like, I looked back on it and I was like, why did you do that to yourself? <laughs> why? I, to be fair, I used to be a World of Warcraft nut, so. But no, I I'm five years clean. It should be like, you know, like the AA tokens you get in America for how many years you've been sober. You should have a Warcraft one that just has. <laughs> I've never played it. My only experience of World of Warcraft is uh, South Park. Make love, not Warcraft. Yep. That's that's it. I looked at it and I thought I I saw too that, much. That of should myself. be that should be the tagline for my career. How do you kill that which has no life? But uh, I I watched myself. I, I saw myself too much in the in the fat guy uh, playing games. Uh, it's like bald head, beard, glasses. I don't want to say anything. You're not sitting in the right pose. It needs to be more. This is great for the audio content. <laughs> but no, I, I, I saw myself too much and I thought, no. And then and then people started parodying it by putting like wrestling t-shirts on. It's like, no, that's too much for me. I need to... This is too, too on the nose. Um, anyway, so I was your three Desert Island Games. We'll move on. We've got uh, Big Benny uh, next. Another one who was very high high of praise in, in episodes. I don't know if it's in the most recent one because we, we did a second chat with them, which was just a swear fest, really. Uh, wait, because... wait, what, you, what you, you mean Benny likes to talk? Oh, I, I never mean... mind. The boys are charming mute. <laughs> uh, he's asked, on a scale of 0 to 10, 0 meaning impossibility and 10 meaning complete myth- metaphysical certitude. Right, Benny, stop giving me big words to say because I don't like it. Uh, it's just put, what are the chances that you would have murdered me by now if I was still doing the ring announcing? Uh, so short answer, a solid 15. <laughs> uh, the long answer, this this all stemmed from uh, we I did a respect show and respect is a small venue so you plan the match pretty early and we're sitting and we're just watching the whole show. And during every match, he was inst- he was either making a backhand comment about somebody in the ring, or he was getting involved. And like I, at one point, he tried to be a referee and actually like shouted at the two tag teams to get into each other's corner so he could start the match, and he could do, do his announcing. And I'm sitting, and I wasn't in the best of moods, and I'm sitting and watching this. Go, oh. I mean, he's a great talker. Like I, I shouldn't I shouldn't do this because like the Empire's built smaller Death Stars and the size of Benny's head, but. <laughs> He's a great talker, and he was very good at what he was doing. But we just, oh. and I don't get angry. I'm, I'm, I'm the most placid guy at a show. I, I don't get angry ever. No one. I think I've blown up maybe three or four times in fifteen years. And he was sitting chatting at half time, and I walked up to him and essentially grabbed him by the scruff of the neck, saying, "If you say one more effing word, 
that's my one. <laughs> I am literally going to take you outside and I'm going to find your head in a dumpster. <laughs> Deadpan, eyes blazing, and you've never seen the fear of God fly through past somebody's eyes so quickly. Because <laughs> of all the people in the locker room they expect to hear that from, it wasn't me. <laughs> and like, I'm sitting, I was just, and I'd, for the second half of the show, I sat just so you could see me around the back of the curtain. So every time it was a ring up, you could see me <laughs> just to mess with him. And to be fair, he played it straight the, the second half of the show. I said, to, and I was like, because he was already in training. So see, see, I did say to him afterwards, see when you're, when you're on shows, that mouth is going to get you somewhere. But this was not the night. <laughs> and he learned his lesson because. He's uh he's going great guns now. Yeah, well, look, he's 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 serially Boy, the boys putting the work. How game that? Definitely, but yeah, go back and watch uh, the, the the we called it Billy and Benny's excellent adventure, and then the first <laughs> the, the first thing that happened when we I don't know if it's on the recording or if it was just off the recording, but first thing he said to me was, "I mean, we've named it this, but I've never actually seen Bill and Ted's excellent adventure." Yeah, neither have I. The wife, the wife can't understand that. Do you know, I, to us, I've seen it once, and that was fine. That was enough for me. But I was, I was just like, when he suggested it as the sequel name, I thought that's too good not to have. So I'm just trying to have it anyway. Surely, the sequel would be would be Bill and Benny's Bogus Journey. I mean, it, it could say that, but I'm waiting for a third episode so I can take the mic oh, out yeah. of Lord of the Rings yeah. because <laughs> I don't like Lord of the Rings and Benny hates me for it. So, so we're waiting for that one. So, sorry, sorry, sorry. We were not. <laughs> again, again, the audio portion of that just didn't <laughs> love that. But um, yeah, I, why? I just I don't I don't get it. I, I, sorry, I need to ask why. I just I don't I don't get it. I didn't like the books. Well, I don't I didn't finish the books. They're they're too complicated for my brain. And uh, the films, unfortunately, Clerks Two ruined the films for me very. <laughs> Very quickly, okay. because okay. I mean, I, I watched the first, I think I watched the first and maybe part of the second, and they're too long. They're not got enough superheroes and stuff for me to, to engage that long. Uh, and then they made longer ones. Like, why? But uh, yeah, when, when Clerks 2 had the, had the rant about it's just a, it's just a guy walking into <laughs> a mountain with the ring, I, I can't get past it now. That's all I can, nope, nope. I can see. That, 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 that. It's, I, I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'm not as big fan of the Hobbit trilogy because they tried to stretch one book into three movies, and there's a lot of walking in that. <laughs> there's a lot of walking in that trilogy. Even the trees walked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, oh God! No, see, no, no. What have you done? Oh no. <laughs> Uh, Anyone who hasn't seen Clerks 2, go watch Clerks 2. That's yeah. just one of the best films I've ever seen. And uh, yeah, that probably hurts your feelings even more. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I, didn't help that. I just finished the Lego Lord of the Rings game the other day. Oh, yes. I love Lego games. But I'll get to that. We'll get to that, yep. I'm sure. Anyway, Luke yep. Matthews, he put, exactly how grateful are you for the guy who introduced you to Brother Fire Tribe? Uh, again, I am, I'm a child of the 80s. Uh, I grew up watching Mike Tyson and Arnold Schwarzenegger films, and watching Running Man to the point where the for no, no, unfortunately, no one ever got to see it. But we actually had a design made for for John the Forgotten, uh, 
Alex came up with a design based on the running man jumpsuits. Like the embroidered sort of silver and gold gear that unfortunately we never got made, which would have looked amazing. I, I am shocked that, that Alex Kavanagh has had, uh, or Kav had a, a design based on Arnold Schwarzenegger for gear. I am uh, absolutely shocked. <laughs> I know, I like I mean, where did it come from? It, it, would have, it, had the whole, it had the whole embroidered bit as well. Had the whole like bump, bumpy bit that had legs and like, but yeah, I, I am a ridiculous fan of eighties action movie music. I um, I have I have two of the Rocky soundtracks. I have the Running Man soundtrack, and um, we were just sitting one day, and look, Matthew said, "Well, you know about this band, then?" No, because I was talking about that. I'm a big fan of Nightwish, so I love Finnish Symphonic Metal because. That's random. And he said, you might want to listen to these guys. <laughs> and he played me one tune and within 10 seconds going, I need to know everything about this guy now. It's just, it, it's, it's 80s action movie music to the point where they actually covered the, the theme tune from The Running Man. But it's it's done in a death metal style. It's just tremendous. Uh, you, should, you should edit in like a portion of one of the tunes just to give people context for how awesome it is. I, I will, I will so so to the man that created it, very much so. We, we, do, we, do, we do like Mr. Matthews. Uh, uh, the next one, it, it, we're a bit of a, 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 a left turn here. Uh, Dale and Hendry, greatest Eurovision song of all time. I can't possibly think where this question comes from. We've only been talking about Eurovision for the last month incessantly. Uh, me, and, me and the wife are Eurovision nuts. Uh, I, I <laughs> we had a Eurovision party last week. Oh, amazing! Which involved Terry Terry Wogan face masks. <laughs> Just let that sink in for a bit. No, I'm, I, I, actually, I'm okay with that because that takes away the jiggle uh, Kavanaugh. So that's yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's better. <laughs> uh, I I you you're like Eurovision's faker than pro wrestling, which is why I love it. <laughs> Um, it's just like I, I had someone again. I've got there's someone in, in my in my shoot work who just doesn't get it at all. And Amber's explaining said, "It's turn your brain off TV. It's four hours of cheesy music. You get to have a laugh. You can you can have a drink and just enjoy it for what it is because we're never going to win. So we have no horse in the race. We can just enjoy it for what it is. It's just a ridiculous music party." Although we're gut- we're, we are gutted that Iceland didn't win, so. Oh, uh, yes, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, when I saw him put up that question, I, I literally racked my brains for a good few hours. So, oh, I like that one, I like that one. But I've got to stick with the classics, I've got to stick with Lordy, I've got to stick with Hard Rock, Hard Rock, hallelujah. 2005, of course. Uh, I like 2000, was this, yeah, 2005. No, now, now I'm panicking, because it might be 2006, because I was LT United, uh, we're in it. They didn't win with their with their classic. We are the winners of Eurovision. Yep. And uh, that was the year we sent Daz Sampson, which a song I liked. However, the staging was a bit putri. It was a bit creepy. <laughs> I I'll, I'll get this out of my system because I've been wanting, I've been wanting to go on a massive Twitter line. Everyone's moaning about the song we sent last this year. There's nothing wrong with it. It was a good song. We're Britain. We don't win Eurovision. The staging was pish, and the song was generic. 
That's why we didn't win. It wasn't about Brexit. We just didn't send a very good song. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, pr- like pr- I always say, we should send. I, I I keep saying we should send a Gaelic song, send a proper Celtic folk song. Somebody like a Julie Fall- Fallis. I don't know. Julie Fallis is a very good Gaelic folk singer. With a beautiful voice. Something like that, which is totally different from anything, because everyone expects to send nineties Eurodance. Send something different. But did, uh, did you see a uh, uh, song of fire and ice? Did you have you watched I, that? I, I wa- <laughs> version fan. I've got to watch it, and I'll, I'm very marmite and Will Ferrell. Because mm. as much as I I loved Blade of Glory, and then I'm an asker for I hated the Talladega Nights. Oh, I'm the other way around. I like Talladega Nights and hated Blades of Glory. So yeah, exactly the same. Just kind of. Um, but it was a thousand times better than I have it. I, I expected. Uh, it it took the it took the piss out of Eurovision, but it it, it was it, 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 it took it a lot more to you. It, it was it was very it was very um reverent to the source material. I'll put it that way. Uh, how annoyed were you by the, the obvious plot holes that I'll go through? Because I don't think I've done it in a, in a podcast because it annoyed me so much. One, Scotland was hosting. UK was in the qualifiers. The- the hydro was ten minutes away from Edinburgh Airport. <laughs> so in this universe, which I'll accept, Scotland became independent, and uh, I'm not the UK took their funding. Like, not not keeping politics, but if Scotland ever became independent, I th- I honestly think Scotland could win Eurovision. Absolutely, yeah, because. I- we have a totally different music style than the UK. We'll put it that, we'll put it that way. Um, plus, we send the Proclaimers, and everyone loves a bit of the Proclaimers. Well, <laughs> almost everyone. Just, just update uh, uh, 500 Miles. It'll be fine. Eh? As long as it's the same tune, it'll, be, it'll win. Easy. The whole, the whole arena would be up dancing, and who, who wouldn't want to go to Europe? Plus, everyone in the UK would vote for Scotland to win anyway, because they don't, if they wanted to go to Eurovision... It's just up the road in there, mate. They wouldn't have to get a flight to go to Eurovision. We were kind of, I was kind of half hoping France would win. I don't like the song particularly, but I was like, if France win, I might actually go because then go to Disneyland uh, in Paris at the same time. So I could do, do that. But yeah, I didn't win Italy. I thought, I don't want to go to Italy. It's expensive. See, see watching, <laughs> watching France, this turned into the Eurovision show. I, can't, I was kind of waiting for Leonardo DiCaprio to wake up. It felt so, uh, the way it was filmed, it was felt so like Inception. I was still, <laughs> I was waiting for him to wake up. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we're still in the Eurovision portion. So yeah, so it's Lordy, Lordy probably. Oh, Lordy. How yeah. scooch, scooch in your... <laughs> hey, you know what? They tried something and it was cute and it was, it was very San Marino. I quite liked it. The, the worst one with it, the worst one they've ever done, God rest his soul, was was when we sent Eng- Engelbert. Uh, <laughs> a poor, a poor, a poor boy. Bonnie Tyler didn't do that much. <laughs> so we tried. Well, we'll send all the old ones, and then they're like just as bad. So I was just screw up. Sorry, to everyone, watch, watch the video there. Uh, I may have looked like I just absolutely crapped myself because Sandy, my dog, my dog walked into the room and hit, nudged her nose against my hand, and I did not hear her coming in. And I thought, oh my god, what, what's that? And it's her. So, uh, I, I have a I have a twelve year old husky Ripley. 
um, who has mastered the Silent Assassin because she's not a barky dog ever. So, like, you'll be just sitting all of a sudden, it's there, pet me. See, it's she sounds like, doesn't make sense because she's the least graceful dog I've ever met, and yet she's there, and I never know, I didn't see her coming. It's just, it's just odd. Um, right, okay, so we'll move on to we'll still have loads of questions. So, we'll go Jason Hyde's next. Uh, what's your favorite cereal? Raisin Bran. What? For the yeah. taste, or uh, uh, well, I see. I I, I like the silliest in terms of, in terms of food. I eat the silly things like I like cold baked beans. I like the taste of cold toy scones. Uh, I that at one point where I was down on my finances, I used, my my breakfast and lunch used to be just a packet of dry toy scones because I just like the taste of them, and it's like and. Uh, yeah, so raisin bran. I like I like taste of bran flakes, and you add in a little pot that little sweet pot with the raisins. Honorable mention to apricot wheats. Oh god, right, we're gonna move on. Uh, so we've got, uh, ADMs asked, uh, "Who's your son's least favorite wrestler?" Uh, um, that that would be Mister McAllen, I, I believe. Um, the one and only wrestling show my my son's ever been to when he was he was he would have been. Six months old, was in Lanestown. I was in the main uh, wrestling Mister McAllen for the source title, and he shouted at my he, sh- he shouted at my sleeping boy. Thankfully, I didn't wake up because then. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as as heelish as he, he, <laughs> heelish could be, I do, I do like Shirt McAllen. But, uh, he's uh, he, again somebody else who we we both have the same ideas of. Of uh, our our favorite style of wrestling, <laughs> and how and how villains should be in wrestling, and there's not many people who do it better than he does. Uh, he, he did add at the end there. Uh, Betty's well good, and your son doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sorry, I don't either. <laughs> uh, Brody Brody Adler's asked uh, well two questions. So, uh, best moment you've had as a wrestler slash trainer slash trainee. Sorry, edit. <laughs> I managed to minimise you. I couldn't see anything. Um, ooh. Uh, see, there's, there's a lot. So I uh, probably winning the junior heavyweight title because there's very few times where I feel like I've done a. I'm I'm a total perfectionist in the ring. If if the, when I watch something back. I write three pages of notes and going, that was bad, that was bad, that was bad, that was bad. Shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have done that. Those, I can count on one hand a number of times where I've came back from a match and went, no, that was good. And the match where I won the title from Ryan Griffin was probably the best match I've, I've ever done. Uh, ever. Uh, that Probably the match where I felt like I was, I completely embodied the lone super, superstar gimmick. Um... That and being on the opening match in the original gathering in Kelvin Hall. That was the age old venue. Hadn't biggest crowd that's been in that venue for I think it was twenty years at that point. And it was I say it was packed and getting to be in the opening here in that crowd was like, Oh, this is good. Ooh. You you kinda of feel like you've made it when you hear a crowd reaction that big. Hmm. Uh you mean you're some some uh, iconic venues across Scotland, of course Kier Hall as well, another 
and that's when you had your match with, with Colt. Um, uh, uh, my confession with that, I, I didn't, re- I, I didn't realize, I, I'd never seen the care hall until I walked up to it. I never realized it was so big. Because <laughs> I'd been in the yard lot, I kind of thought, oh, okay, care hall, it must be a decent sized venue. And then you walk up to the, the front of the building and go, Jinx. <laughs> Because when you walk in, when you walk into that square, and all you see is just the complete facade of the building. It's like, oh well, okay, things just stepped up, step up, stepped up a notch. It's a beautiful uh, building. It's a, be- it's a beautiful building. It's a beautiful venue. I mean, I've never actually been in it, but I've I've seen the outside of it, and yeah, I can, I can see why you'd be going, oh, it's a bit bigger than than the, <laughs> the other complex. Uh, <coughs> Brody's also asked, uh, why is she your favourite student ever? What is, it, is this just going to be the the Glendon Bar puts, puts over our source talent show? That was supposed to be my, my show. That's all right. I'm, I'm I'm happy to do it. Um, bro, uh, bro. The thing the, the thing with Brody is, see, we've been doing a lot because of the pandemic. We can only do non-contact training, so especially being in Glasgow, so you can only do one-to-one sessions, and you're so restricted in what you can do. But you can't tailor you can't you can't tailor your sessions to whoever you're doing them with. And with Brody, it's just it's very easy because it's like, okay, we're just gonna do fun stuff invo- involving <laughs> involving sledgehammers. And anytime you get to bring out a sledgehammer, it's always a good sign for a, a, a wrestling session. And getting the flip tiles and doing nutty stuff like that because you're working on your strength stuff. And plus she gives hundred percent every time we turn up, which to be fair, everyone does. That's the that's the great thing about source. Like everyone who's turned up for uh, a one-to-one session so far has been 110% effort, and that's all you can ask as a trainer. I mean, at this point, if if you're going for one-to-ones during a pandemic, I mean, if you're going in half half hours, then what's the point you do going in the first place? Because it's very limited to to uh, spaces that you're taking up by doing half no. the job. Yeah, but um. Oh, segue, no, segue. Um, I can't, can't wait to... That's the one thing that's keeping keep me going is I can't wait to be able to get to back to full group sessions and start doing some, some proper wrestling, as they say, and get to do what get to do what my, my new passion is, see, is, tra- is training the next generation. Uh, so we'll, which we'll, of which there is a lot of talent in the source school. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll go to that one. So I've, I've got two more questions cool. um, from Eldon Barr, which I'm assuming is your wife. Uh, just just from A, the surname, and uh, <laughs> the, the, the wonderful um, Iceland-inspired uh, avatar as well. Well, which... well the, 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 she had the pact with her be- best friend that if Iceland ever win the contest, they're going to Iceland on a, on a holiday to run a good Eurovision. And uh, just shout, uh, play, play, Jai Jai, Ding Dong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's still uh, 10 out of 10 for Iceland for that. Anyway, right. Um, she's what, asked, what's, what, what's the wife asking me? Right, she well, she we'll, is 20 feet away, but she probably could ask me ask me in the living room. But Well, I mean, one might be controversial, but we'll, we'll, we'll go for the least controversial okay. first. Uh, if you could go train under anyone, who and why? Ooh, sneaky. She did ask me if she wanted, if she wanted to plant a question. I said, oh, yeah, dealer's choice. Uh okay. Ooh. Ooh. I've got to train I've 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 been lucky to do seminars with a lot of great people. Like a lot of very people. But I always speak highly of Paul Tracy. Anytime anyone who ever gets a chance to do a session with Paul Tracy, go do it. He's just 
the tremendous trainer. Um, Johnny, I've done many Johnny Kidd sessions, even even after I got to wrestle him. Uh, just the more you can pick somebody's brain. Uh, in terms of people I would want to train with, oh, see, I should have been I should have been pre coach for this question. Uh, Shibata, okay, like just the the whole what. Well, when I trained, when I tried out for zero one years and years ago, we got to got a glimpse into the Japanese dojo style of training, and I kind of liked it. And I would, I would like to. Plus, I don't know much about the. I, I love the Japanese style of wrestling, but I don't, I don't know the intricate workings of it. So I would love to train with someone of the Japanese style. And Shibata's training early dojo, so get you get to trip, you get trip earlier of it. Right. And uh, she's also asked, uh, and who makes the best cups of tea? <laughs> no, I, I must tip my hat to tip my hat to my my dear wife, who is very good at making cups of tea. Uh, and what I mean, I don't drink tea or coffee, so I really have, have no no bearing. Oh no, in coffee this. drinkers are evil. That's fine. <laughs> I've, I've you, no bearing in this you, fight. But uh, what, what's what's your what's your uh, what's your tea? Thing to uh, tuku, what, what, what uh, yep, tuna and you don't put them. You don't put you don't put the milk in first. You don't you're not unless you're evil, unless you're pure evil. <laughs> yeah, um, so you got by all the bag first. So that was all the questions, and, and they all came in thick and fast as soon as I announced that you were, you were going <laughs> to be on. I was like, just notifications everywhere. Um, so we'll, we'll start back to this, and then of course last year. Pandemic hit. Uh, oh wait, we've got mm-hmm. stupid questions. No, I'll do. I'll do. I'll finish the rest of it. Um, yeah, last year pandemic hit, and then of course um, other stuff happened. Uh, speaking mm-hmm. out and all that kind of thing, yep. and it was announced that uh, yourself, along with uh, David Devlin, and I did not write down a third name. Was, uh, Robbie, Robbie Solar, uh, mm-hmm. or Wishart, sorry, uh, had all taken care charge of Source Wrestling. Um, were you already you're already taking training classes at that point though, weren't you? So it was more just a, a... transitional phase. Yeah, the best way to put it. Um, my job my job's still the same as it as, as it was. Uh, end of the day, I only I only have I only have one job in source, and that's to, to train next generation of Scottish talent, and that's what I will continue to do to the day that my knee my knee still work, which thankfully that day is a long way away. Um, yeah, you wrestle without knee pads sometimes, which just, I don't know. It, it kind of scares me watching wrestlers without knee pads. Well, I think it was a fad because everyone was wearing knee pads. I thought, you know, I'll be different. I'll take the knee pads off, and then all of a sudden, everyone did. So I should put, I should, I should put them back on now. <laughs> it, it's just I don't know why. It's just one thing gives me the fear. I never want to see someone get injured where I could see their kneecap move. Well, the f- <laughs> it's never happened. I've never seen it happen like live, but it just. <laughs> As soon as someone comes out without knee pads on, I'm like, "Oh no, I don't want. I don't want to see someone's kneecap go." There. Well, <laughs> the first major injury I ever had was I tore my MCL taking an F5 because my, I, I used to have the big Triple H style AMA pads, and it used to be a running joke that they would start on my knees and by the end of the match they'd be on my ankles because they would just they would just slide off. And I was wrestling a match and I took an F5. <laughs> And it slid off, and I landed right in the point of my knee and tore my MCL. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I can feel, I can feel your, I can feel your pain. 
Um, where were we? I see tangents. Yeah, I know. I was, I was taking a moment just to all the nightmares I'm getting from this episode. Um, just, just, just taking a moment to. Breathe. You know, I'm, I, I like to say that I'm a man that keeps on giving. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so training. Yeah. training. Training is your future. Then that, that, that's pretty tra- much. Tra- yeah. End of day. Like, let's let's not be about the bush. I'm 43 years old. Wrestling, unfortunately, is a young man's game. Although I still have a few tr- a few tricks to teach these youngins. So, my focus is on source and all the talent in source and getting them to the next level, getting them ready to be the next generation of Scottish wrestling. Because Scottish wrestling, as you say, is an it's going to be in a boom period, and boom, boom periods need talent to carry it on. And thankfully, in source, we have a lot of talent. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't want I don't want to make it out like you're you're picking one of your favourite kids here. But is there any particular names you want to rattle off? That, oh, that, see, that's not fair. Keep an eye out for no. That's not fair because because you know I'll, I'll 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 go through a list and I'll get a message two minutes later going why did you not mention me? <laughs> that's that's a that's a lie to to be honest because the 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 one thing that I, I love about source is there's absolutely no egos. Everyone's there to put the work in, to do the hard work, and to get the most out of the training that they can. So whether it's like McIver, whether it's KOE, whether it's Alexander McAllen, Dalen Hendry, Manlin, Brody, who else? Uh, and guys you've not even seen it that haven't debuted yet that are in the pipeline. Um, everyone, everyone turns up with the expectation that. They're going to have a fun session. That they're going to learn something, and that they're training to be wrestlers. So they take they take this seriously, which is uh, all I can ask. I mean, perfect segue to something not serious. We've got our two ridiculous questions that we ask everyone. Uh, so, first one, of course, is always, "What's your favorite dinosaur?" Favorite dinosaur, uh, Stegosaurus. Ah, nice choice. Happy about choice. No, I won't. I won't say why. No, no, no. That's a long, it's a long drawn out story. The one of the first books I remember getting as a kid was a Draw Your Own Dinosaur tracing book. And right. I think I did the Stegosaurus four or five times because I like doing the fins. So it's always been Stegosaurus. Fair enough. Uh, and uh, two sheep versus one cow. What would win a fight? <laughs> two sheep versus one cow. Uh, see, I'm a Wallace and Gromit fan, so I'm always going for the sheep. <laughs> I've had worse reasons to give for, for that for, for that so yeah fair, fair enough um, that's great I think I'm now, I'm now like alternating I think last episode I did was a cow and before that was sheep so it's, it's nice this season's kind of alternating back and forth uh, I, I mean might... the, cow, the cow the cow has the weight advantage but sheep are devious <laughs> <laughs> the thought of a devious sheep <laughs> they're staring into your soul <laughs> just in fact, just anyone on the audio sports go watch Lamageddon right now and you'll, you'll see why oh my god Lamageddon I remember watching just for the pun alone um, yeah so outside of wrestling then um, although I have, I have sorry I should know that, that you're technically an NXT original would that be correct in saying yes I am an NXT original uh, NXT and NXT in the park Still the greatest name for a show ever created. That's amazing. Yes, absolutely. We we ran Fer- we ran Ferguson Park in Paisley, and we, we we christened it NXT in the Park. I thought that was tremendous. Uh, 
Um, I had the same joke with uh, Ewan Conway. I did an interview with him and because uh, he was a referee for NXT days. So uh, I tried to type the episode as NXT referee. Uh, it did, unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't give me the massive fits I was hoping for. Really, because if you look up the news today and, and put in NXT referee, you don't get good news out of it. But, yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I thought... Let's avoid that one. Yeah, I might still put... Uh, Moving on. When I'm putting this out on Twitter, NXT superstar. Yeah, NXT superstar, yep. Absolutely. Um, so outside of, of wrestling in general, of course, you have a love for Eurovision arcade games. Mm-hmm. Am I right in thinking you, you do a bit of camping as well and, and that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, um, there's, a, there's a group of musicians that, um, that my wife has uh, known for several decades. And uh, they used to have a yearly camping trip up at Lossie, Lossie Mouth, uh, for the Lossie Mouth Folk Festival. And... I don't, I don't know if you know, well, I assume you know Lossy Mouth. It's, it's five minutes away, so yeah. 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 Um, the, there used to be a folk festival in the beach bar, mm. unfortunately. God rest his soul. Yeah. Um, and we used to go out and just, they, they had a, a big massive marquee, the 20 foot by 20 foot marquee that after the, the folk festival bit was done, they would just take it, take, take it in there, you'd be in there till like 6am playing music. It's just the most chilled out, relaxing atmosphere, and you just can't you just camp out on the beach and sit much of sit much of often until you fall asleep. I, I love Lost in Mass. It's so it's I love that part of the world. Not not that I'm burning up or anything, but absolutely love that the Elgin Forest area. Um, last time I went to the beach bar, I must have just got the wrong guy on the bar. But I was I was out with a couple of mates and uh, one of them was wanting a cocktail. And pretty much I asked, oh, what kind of cocktails do you do? And this old man looked out of the bar, looked at me and was just like, I could see his face was going, we don't do cocktails. And I, I just, yeah, there was there was, there was just a moment. I think it's just because I, I walked up to him, oh, do you do any cocktails? And he just looked at me going, no. <laughs> I'll do a shandy. Yeah. That's a probably uh, that's as much cocktail we're going to go here. Yeah. Um, to be fair, that was probably before it was under new management. Hopefully, it gets rebuilt because I know there was the whole fire was it last year. So they're talking about rebuilding it. So hope so because they want to turn it into a caravan spot and make it a big thing. Which, uh, as it was right on the beach, it was just a, such a great place to be. I th- uh, they did redo it before before it before the the fire. So I thought I think they they might have started doing cocktails for you. Yeah, well, I mean, was it, it became a bit? It became a bit upmarket. I was quite happy just with the Peroni or whatever, ever, uh, whatever beer's cheapest on the on the tap. I was going for that. Best haggis bonbons in Scotland. That's all I'll say. The food was dynamite. I'm generally not a fan of haggis, but it, haggis bonbons is about. I'll go. I'll go haggis bonbon or uh, uh, whatever the one is when it's haggis stuffed in chicken. I'll go for that. But oh yeah, that will kind of be that. Yeah, yeah. L- little a little bit of haggis is fine, but I mean, they for a whole meal of it. That's too much. Um, with that, that was, I didn't think that would be a segue in this. Uh, speaking about haggis bonbons. Um, I told you, I told you, when, you, when you're talking to me, you get tangents. This is why I don't do many of these. That's right. It's still, I mean, I, I love doing the chats, but it's still not, never going to be as bad as Scotty Swift. I, I don't know how we filled two and a half hours. I still don't know how. Considering that was the second interview we did, and the first one was an hour and a half. I don't know how we did it. I'm still shocked and I haven't, I haven't watched it back maybe I'll find out if I did that <laughs> um, yeah so anyway future plans then 
training. Is that pretty much the your your future plans in no. wrestling? There's, there's, is there still a hope? Maybe you'll get over to Japan. You'll get over to to anything like that. Uh, you never say never. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll never say never. But at the moment, source is my focus because I love training people, and it's fun. Uh, it's fun delivering out knowledge, and no one's gonna get passed on. Plus, anyone who's ever in the case necessarily I might get to see me once or twice. Of course, was it like traveling all the way up to to Wick or Thurso for for that? I I, I love that part of the I say being being a camper. Once you pass Inverness, it kind of it kind of feel. <laughs> I always make a joke. It kind of feels like you're leaving civilization behind and you're going into a whole other world. Yeah. <laughs> like, plus, you you were talking at the start of the show about um, accents. When you oh, once you go past Inverness, you're you're, you're literally hitting you're, you're hitting the lottery and on. We 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 once I I worked one of the shows for KSNS Pro Wrestling in Orkney. Orkney is a whole nother. <laughs> layer on that sandwich because yeah. half of them sound Norwegian <laughs> and like I, I went up to a burger van and asked for and asked for a roll and thought he's gone and I got the most blankest look you've ever seen in your face a tatty's gone no it's a tatty's gone no it's a tatty's gone hen. <laughs> no it's a tatty's gone in the most broadest Norwegian accent you've ever heard in your life what am I it's like Black Mirror it's like, have I found a different version of Scotland here? My, my only reference for, for Orkney, I went there once when I was very young, but um, we went to get ice cream. It's Orkney ice cream. Of course you get ice cream. And uh, the woman turned around and went, uh, let's... And my dad just turned around and went, what? <laughs> oh, let's... I have no idea where... It, it took ages to work out. She was asking if we wanted a lid on our ice cream. Lead, and she was just like, "This, this, no, no, I have no idea." <laughs> Where were we? Case Ness. Oh, uh, <laughs> Case Ness. There we go. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I love that road. It's, a, it's, it's a, I, I usually do the driving up to, up there because it's a very scenic route, and it's, um, I love it. I have taken the camper van up there once, which was a fun journey. Anyone who knows. That that side of the the um, the five the NC five hundred we know there's some hell there's some heli bits. So going up going up in a twenty going up in a twenty five year old camper van can be an experience. Fourteen percent hell in first gear, where half a mile of traffic behind you. Oh, bet you're popular that day. Oh yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 oh they love me in the roads. Uh, but uh, I lo- I love those shows. I love those shows up there. Um, I used to. Um, they're a very eighties crowd. I always felt they were very like cheer the cheer, cheer the good guys, boo the bad guys. I always love working in front of them. Plus, the first time I got to work Lucha DS, and that's always a good thing because look, look, I'm I'm pretty sure Lucha DS is like Mar- March at Nemesis and my sidekick all at the same time. It just we we just seem to have the exact same idea of how wrestling should be. <laughs> But that's the thing, Caithness. I mean, it's much the same as, as Elgin, I suppose. We only get, well, Caithness get like, I don't know, for, now they're combat league wrestling, I should say. But uh, they get four shows a year, so they're just hyped for wrestling. Uh, Elgin, we get one. That's it. 
but at least we've got like an hour, hour and a half either side. We can go to WrestleZone or uh, Rock and mm-hmm. Wrestle when yeah. they come up once a year. But yeah, when, when you only get one or one or two shows a year, you're just buzzing to see some wrestling, regardless mm-hmm. if it's a, a guy in a mask with a, a baker's hat carrying a loaf of bread. Uh, they're just wanting to see some wrestling. I, um, I think that's a good thing about, I think, after the pandemic, and, and we've got a lot, of, we get to the point where shows have started up again. I think there's going to be a big uptake and people wanting to just have a night out, go watch wrestling and just have fun at it and just enjoy it for what it, and enjoy it for what it is. It's like don't take it seriously. It's 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 fun. That that's that's my biggest thing about wrestling. Just have fun. Don't take it seriously. It's not it's not real. <laughs> Especially since, especially since my wee man was born, it's definitely been the. You know what? Have a laugh. Just, just do do stuff that makes you laugh, and everyone will laugh with will laugh and the world laugh with you. Uh, to, to 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 end on a on a quote from wrestling, Daft with Beto, uh, wrestling's kid on. So so I think that's the best way to to end. That's so You're where can people find you on social media? Uh, you will find me at, at Superstardom Bar. Um, or the little Superstar Glendon Bar on Facebook. Uh, I don't have an Instagram yet. That's kind of, uh, I, I have my social media manager working on my Instagram. Did you have a TikTok? I, I, I just, well, she's trying to get me in the TikTok. We've we've she, <laughs> we, 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 the office pitched an idea, an idea to me, and we're mulling it we're mulling it over on how to do it. But I'm I'm, I'm again have fun and be silly. That's all I'm saying. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank, thank you very much, Billy. That was a that was a long and tangential chat, which you, and I've I think I've given you enough nightmares to last you until at least next week. So uh, I think I've done my job here. Absolutely.